Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. He said, I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. We're going to pray just a moment. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus today. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for your constant care and concern and watching over your people today. I thank you for the blessing of all of these birthday wishes, and I ask God that you would uh, return them on those who have wished them, God, once and again. And I'm praying, Lord, that even this day we would hear your voice through your word. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. God's people can say, Amen. Amen. I'm going to preach the short version today. But what we see in our scripture is we see an evil king. His name is King Herod. He was truly a wicked man who had set his heart against the kingdom of God, against the Christian church, and indeed against individual believers. King Herod was not the first, and nor was he the last. In every generation, there will be Antichrist spirits. There will be those who position themselves against the kingdom of God and all that is righteous and true. But there's more than that. There, he also represents to us a, uh, someone who is not just against the church in general, but someone who is against the people in the church. Amen. We all face times of crisis from time to time because of people like Herod. And I want to come to you today to give you encouragement in times of crisis. Right now we are in a moment in our city that only two days ago there was a terrible mass shooting. We have added Virginia Beach to the list of cities where terrible uh, tragedies have occurred and people have lost their lives for senseless and useless reason. What an incredibly wicked thing that it was to see what our city is having to go through. Um, there is a memorial service happening on Thursday for those who lost their lives at the Rock Church. Um, I'm planning to be in attendance. I would encourage as many of you to be there as possible. We want to show our love and care and affection for those who lost their lives so senselessly. And so it is in times like these that we begin to ask and we begin to wonder, where is God in the midst of all of this? And maybe you've asked a question like that. You've gone through your own personal crisis. What we see in our scripture is that the church is having to confront its own terrible tragedy. The, first, uh, the second verse of this chapter says that King Herod killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Not only that he did that, but he saw that when he did, that it pleased the Jews and said to himself, I'm going to keep doing this. It said that because it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to further seize Peter also. 
Now, if you were there in that time, if you were in the church at that moment, no doubt you might have been asking that same question, Lord, are you still here even in the time of crisis? And I'm here to tell you that the Scripture says emphatically that God is not only here with us, but He is moving even through the times of tragedy. Can you say amen? So I want to give you three uh, actions to take during the time of crisis. Number one is to respect the mystery of God's providence. We serve a God who is providential. That's not just the name of an insurance company. That is, a, that is an adjective to describe a God who is in control of all things. And it is especially in times of trouble that it is hard for us to believe that. When we hear the tragedies, when we hear the crisis, what we must do as people of faith is to respect that God is working out His plan. He works together all things for the good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Now that's hard for us because we want to figure things out. We want to know how it works. We want to know the details. God, how is this going to lead to this, going to lead to this, going to lead to something good? Because right now it looks like John is dead and Peter is in jail and it's not looking very good. Right? Right now it looks like things are bad. Right now it's about that Friday morning when Jesus has been flogged and He's hanging on the cross with a crown of thorns around His head. How is it possible, Lord, that You're going to use this for Your glory? Ever been there? Ever been to a point in your life when you're looking around and saying, is it possible that something good could come from this? Is it possible? Lord, I don't see Your hand at work. I don't hear Your voice. But what providence tells us is God made this place and He's still in charge of this place. And I can't explain to you, part of my job as a pastor is <laughs> to listen to people and, uh, and to hear as, uh, as they explain to me the difficult things that they're going through. And oftentimes I find myself sitting behind a desk saying, I can't help you. I don't know what to tell you. But I do know that God is in control. That God is provident. That God is sovereign. And even in our times of questioning, I cannot explain to you this leads to that, leads to this, leads to that. But I can tell you that God is going to use this for His good. Life is not a problem to be solved. It is a mystery to be lived out. I want you to hear that this morning. Sometimes we need to stop demanding answers and just put ourselves in the hands of God. All things truly, Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good to those who love God, those who are called according to His purpose. I want to encourage you, if you knew everything, how it was all going to work out, then you probably wouldn't need God. The reason that God is God is because He can take everything in our lives, the good things, the fun things, the exciting things, and He can also take the wicked things, the torment, the crisis, the pain and the depression. He can take all things and work them together for good. 
That is the mystery of God's providence. I can't explain it to you. All I can do is tell you that it is real. Secondly, I want to tell you that in time of crisis that you can request the ministry of God's people. In Acts chapter 12, we see this again. As Peter uh, is dragged into the courts of King Herod, that something happened that began to change the circumstance. I mean, no, God can change things. Living for God and living this life is like a book. Sometimes you turn a page and a new chapter begins. And when that new chapter begins, it's a whole new lease on life. It's a whole new perspective in view. And that's what we see in verse 5 of our Scripture. We see that God's people begin to cry out. It says in verse 5, Peter was kept in prison, but, listen, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. This is the power of God's people on the earth. This is the power of what we are doing here this morning. As we come together under the name of Jesus, under the banner of Christ, something happens within the church of Jesus that does not happen when you're on your couch watching football. Something happens spiritually when God's people come together and we see a part of that at work in our Scripture. It said that prayer was offered to God by, for, for Peter by the church. Now, remember what they're seeing in this moment. They're not seeing any hope. All the doors have been closed. John has already lost his head. Peter is in prison with the same fate awaiting him. And now, what is the church supposed to do? Are we supposed to weep and cry and feel sorry for ourselves? I believe we should do as the church did in this day. They began to pray. Listen to the prayer that they prayed. Constant prayer was offered to God for Him by the church. When there's no hope on the horizontal level, you can still go vertical. The ministry of God's people is prayer. It said that it was constant prayer. It was not once a day. It was constant. I've got the message translation of this scripture. All the time that Peter was under heavy guard in the jailhouse, the church was praying for him most strenuously. Everybody say strenuously. When's the last time you did something through strain? through difficulty. That's the kind of prayers that were being offered by the church. Strenuous prayers. Constant prayers. This is what Jesus described in His Sermon on the Mount about prayer. Matthew 7, verse 7, He said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. This is the kind of prayer that begins to change situations. This is the kind of prayer that begins to shape and mold the events of what is happening around you. That Scripture, the the Greek present tense, literally says, not just ask one time and it will be given to you. No. It's ask and keep on asking. It is knock and keep on knocking. It is seek and keep on seeking. The kind of prayer that we give up on so often in a time of tragedy and crisis we, first of all, must be people of strenuous prayer. Luke 18. Jesus 
uh, told a parable to his disciples that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Can I remind you this morning that God wants you to keep praying? Keep praying. He said, Pastor, I did my, my little devotional and I said my prayer. Great. Keep praying. God's delays are not denials. When God says no, it's not always a final no. It's a not yet. And He is asking us to be constant and strenuous in our prayers. Jeremiah 29, verse 13, one of my favorite scriptures. You will seek Me, and you will find Me, when you search for Me, with what? With all your heart. I believe so often that we have failed to find God's will. We have failed to find the purpose for why. Because we have not sought Him with all of our hearts. We've been half-hearted in seeking. We've been half-hearted in our prayers. And Jesus is reminding us once again that we must seek for Him. It says that they fellowshiped in prayer. They came together to pray. Uh, uh, in Matthew 18, Jesus instructed this. Uh, he says, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. There is power in your personal prayer life. But there is also even greater power when we gather together to agree in prayer prayer and in fellowship this church on this day when the when uh, the brother of john had died and peter is next on the chopping block it was not enough for them to be individually praying in their homes they said we have to get together we have to come together to pray in the presence of one another god is pleased when this happens the prayer meeting is the birthplace of so many Incredible miracles. There is nothing that binds a church together more than prayer. And there's nothing that binds a family together more than prayer. Than, than prayer. Coming together to believe God. The focus of this prayer was for their leader, the Apostle Peter. It was with intensity and it was with specificity. You know what that means? That doesn't mean they came together to, oh, God, God, I pray that you just bless everybody. <laughs> just bless everybody, God, and just everybody have a good day. So much of our prayer is so vanilla. It's so bland. It's so general that God says, okay, what do you want me to do for you? Right? Amen. They did not come together to just say, God, we just need help. We just need you to help us. What this church began to do is to say, Lord, set the apostle free. Bring him out of that prison cell. God is pleased through specific prayers. That's why it helps many times to keep a prayer journal. To write down prayer needs. Write down actual numbers. Don't say, Lord, I need money. Say, Lord, I need $287.57. And you'll be amazed at how God moves in specifics. Don't say, God, I need you to help me to pay the bills. Say, God, I need you to help me to pay dominion power for the month of June. 
God hears our details, doesn't He? Don't just say, God, I pray for all those who lost their lives. Learn their names. And pray for the names of those families. And you'll be amazed, not just how it moves uh, on those people, but how it begins to change your own heart. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And so, in times of crisis, the Word of God instructs us to respect the mystery of God's providence, to request the ministry of God's people. I worked really hard on these titles, let me tell you. And finally, to rest in the mastery of God's peace. This is what we find in the church in the book, again, Acts chapter 12, beginning with verse 6, it says in the Word of God that when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly! And his chains fell off. His hands. Peter was delivered. The chains fell off his hand. Last night we did an interview with, uh, with Pastor Ryan Birch, who's pastoring in in, uh, in in Kansas, Pittsburgh, Kansas, and he uh, just recently started a drug rehab recovery ministry in his church. Something that we're looking into starting as well. But uh, one of the things he said is that uh, that in the drug rehab world, that there are very few people who believe in real deliverance. The Alcoholics Anonymous program, every, every time they start a meeting, they come together and say, hello, my name is so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic. Amen. They might have not touched a drop of alcohol for 20 years. Hello, my name is so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic. And somehow that is supposed to be encouraging. We believe in a God who breaks chains, Amen. who delivers people. That Peter was in the prison, and the angel came, and the chains fell off of his hands. We serve a God who can deliver the drug addict, who can deliver from alcohol, who can deliver from the time of difficulty and crisis. How many of you have ever experienced God's deliverance in your life? You've had addictions and pain and problems, and God has set you free. That's why we believe this morning that God is a deliverer, that God can bring peace in the midst of our storms. The church was in a time of great difficulty and crisis, but God was able to bring peace. It was the time that it looked bad. Peter was about to be executed. But now, things have radically changed. The chains have fallen. The angel has come to deliver. Listen to the power of God. Psalm 121, verse 4. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber. Can I remind you that God is still moving? Can I remind you that even with uh, 11 people dead and 4 people in the hospital, God is still moving? That even in the midst of 9-11 that most of us remember so clearly, 3,000 people died on one day, that God was still moving? that God was still touching, that God was still bringing peace. 
He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He has not forgotten us in our time of crisis. Philippians 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The prison guards thought they were the ones guarding Peter. But it was God's peace all along. I want to remind you that God will make it right. If you fast forward this story in Acts chapter 12, you go down to verse 19, then you're going to see that King Herod gets what's coming to him. When Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord. And uh, verse 21 when a, 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 on a set day, Herod arrayed in a royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration. And the people kept shouting the voice of God and not a man. Then immediately an angel struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. That sounds pretty bad. <laughs> People who have read that scripture, uh, the med- medical field has looked at that and said that he probably had uh, worms growing in his gut for a long time. And finally, on that moment, killed him and they spilled out onto the ground. You know what that tells me? God will keep his word. You, we might look at the world and say, how come all those evil people have victory? How come all, doesn't it seem like all, it's only the bad guys that make out well in the world? God is watching. God is watching. And He is righteous. And God has, we have never seen the righteous begging for bread, it says in the scripture, that God will care for His people. And He is watching. He will make it right. Can you say amen? amen? If you are in a situation, And God is not delivering you. It's not because He chooses not to. There are some that God chose not to deliver. James was one of them. James died as an apostle. As a a martyr. But, many times God will deliver. It doesn't mean that He is not working. If evil seems to succeed, remember that the success of evil is only temporary. That God will bring an end to evil, whether it is in his life or ultimately one day in eternity. And that's my reminder to you this morning, is that even in the time of crisis, even in the time of tragedy, even in the time of pain, we serve a risen Savior. The battle has already been won, and we can have confidence in his victory. Let's bow our heads this morning and close our eyes as we bring this service to close. I am so blessed this morning. I am so grateful for all those who have participated and put... We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. 
If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.